Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.LiveParanormal.com the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Hi, this is Dana Workman from Haunted Highway on Sci-Fi, and you're listening to The Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is Bill Murphy of Sci-Fi Channel's Fact or Fake Paranormal Files, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Tipparelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hey everybody, this is Rex Williams, the medic from Destination Truth, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. This is True TV's haunting evidence investigator, Patrick Burns. And Ghost Huntress author, Marley Gibson. And you're You're listening to Ghost Ghost Host, Sophia Temporelli. Ian, Michael Perry. And we're here, hello, we're here at the Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli and Weekly. Weekly, weekly at (laughs) liveparanormal.com. This is Stefan Brigatti from Pacific Coast Paranormal, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. She rocks. This is Christopher Sanders with My Ghost Story on Biography. You are listening to the ghost host with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. Hi, this is Professor Lloyd Auerbach, parapsychologist, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. This is author Alexandra Holzer, and you're listening to Ghost Host Sophia Temporelli. Hi, this is Jeff Belanger, host of 30 Odd Minutes, founder of GhostVillage.com, and author of lots of your favorite paranormal books, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia, on LiveParanormal.com. Boo! This is Nick Groff, executive producer of Ghost Adventures, the original documentary in Ghost Adventures, season 1 through 10, and executive producer of Ghost Stalkers, author of Chasing Spirits, the building of the Ghost Adventures crew, and founder of NickGroffTours.com. You are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Tune in. Hey, this is Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com.
That's right. It's the Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. And congratulations, Sophia, on celebrating over 12 years of broadcasting here on LiveParanormal.com. And now on GhostHunting.com as well, too. Feel free to listen uh, on either format. Spreaker has just been added, too, as well. Welcome to the show, and thank you, Rob Sarek, the site founder, for uh, uh, providing this format each and every week, and to all of our moderators. Thank you guys for all your help throughout the years and patching us through at live events when we had no internet feed. Thank you guys for all your help through the years. Also, too, everybody's sharing on Facebook for us, too. Tracy, the Paranormal Informer, Paranormal Technologies, Don, Travis, Harvey, Marilyn, Audra, Jerry, Julia, Stephanie, and more. Thank you guys so much for sharing the show each and every week and uh, keeping everybody informed. And a special thanks to um, uh, uh, caller Marie and Pam last week. That was great with Rick Wade last week, and uh, they really had some insight that they gained from him, and that was great to actually witness here on air. Your call-ins are welcome, 347-202-0316. That's 347-202-0316 as well. Feel free to jump into the liveparanormal.com chat room. It only takes a second to get yourself an avatar, and you're part of the LP family here. And uh, any questions for our guests, make sure that they're all caps, too, so that we can distinguish among the chatter in the chat room. Coming up, we have My Haunted HQ investigators, Daryl Marston, Jeff and Trey Bader. That's going to be next weekend, the 17th. Ghost Seekers Texas lead investigator, Alex Fountain, will be on the program on uh, oh, oh, also two, uh, two weeks from today. Uzi Brothers Paranormal Investigators, Pablo, Pandora, Adam, and Diego. They'll be on uh, the 24th of, uh, of February next month. Televised Hunting's historian and author Sam Baltrusis returns to the program on the 9th of March. Also, to Women on the Fringe authors, Denise Agnew, Meredith Jones, Nicole Strickland. That'll be on March 23rd. And you don't want to miss any of these upcoming shows, so like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on Facebook fan page, to learn of the guests as we learn of them real time. Also, check out the membership packages here on Live Paranormal. They start as low as $2.99 a month. And Rob Sirk, the site founder, he's great at rewarding the members here. So a lot of autographed books by some of your favorite paranormal authors and DVDs and lithos, all autographed. They're great uh, packages for the memberships here. Also, tonight on Live Paranormal, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, Beyond the Screen and Ghost Light Radio, well, it's monthly Mondays right here. Chip Coffee of Amy's Paranormal State, Psychic Kids, now on Kindred Spirits. He's here monthly, as well as Ben Hansen, Amy Goodwin, David M. Roundtree, Stefan Brigatti, Andy and Michelle Coppock, Ken Gearhart, and many more right here on this very network. If you miss anything, the show is offered as free MP4 iTunes downloads as an archive show. Let's bring on the ghost host here. Sophia, congratulations on over 12 years of broadcasting here. Thank you. I can't believe it's already been 12 years. Yeah, you're doing a fantastic job. And also, too, upcoming you have uh, on uh, March 23rd, you have the women from uh, the authors of uh, the groundbreaking Women in the Paranormal book, Women on the Fringe, which you, your story is going to be featured in there, too, as well. How cool is that? Uh, it's really awesome. I'm so honored to have been asked to be a part of the book. Um, so it's going to be a great show. And it's on my legend's birthday, my grandma. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that actual show is going yeah. to be on grandma's birthday. She'll be listening in and we'll go over and celebrate. And you'll, you'll have the book with you too as well. Well, you got the Twitter, you got the Instagram, all these different things. Where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at SophiaTemporelli1L because my name's too long. And Instagram just at SophiaTemporelli. 
Yeah, we cursed you with a long name. And tell us about your guest today, Sophia. Today we welcome Afterlife Explorations lead investigators Zachary Stone and Brett Madsen. Everyone visit Afterlife Explorations, Zachary Stone, Brett, Brett Madsen's officials, Facebook Afterlife Explorations, Zachary Stone on Facebook, Brett Madsen on Facebook, Twitter at Stone Zachary, at Brett Madsen, Instagram at Zachary Stone Official, at Paranormal Brett, and YouTube search Afterlife Explorations. Let's welcome them, welcome them into the show. Yeah, let's welcome in and, uh, yeah, check out their YouTube right now. they got some great investigations on there. Trying to unmute them. There we go. Hey, Zachary and Brett, thanks for coming on. Hey. How's it going, guys? Hey, thank you both so much for coming on today. Of course, and congratulations on 12 years. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, interesting having done this 12 years. I mean, yeah, the paranormal is such a cool and interesting field, Um, I mean, you guys have had an interest for a while, I think. But what initially started that interest for you both? Um, Okay, this is Brett, by the way. So Mm -hmm. for me, um, what kind of got me started, I started back in 2009 investigating. So I've been doing it for about 15 years now. And what got me originally interested in the field was um, my father passed away back in 2009 And it kind of left me with some unanswered questions and made me start doing a little bit of research and, of course, watching a little bit of those old original paranormal TV shows like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures and just got into it from there. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's – no, it's, I was just going to say, it's amazing how those TV shows, I mean, have really, you know, helped people jump into the field, and now you guys get to make your own videos and help others with that. Exactly. Yeah, so just kind of going along with Brad. So my story is a little bit different. Um, I'm a little bit younger than he is, but I grew up in a haunted house, kind of at an early age, started knowing that things were kind of strange. Uh, I was about seven years old, and I was living in a an elderly like community that had recently turned into like uh, a place for young people to come move in because they couldn't keep the residents. They were just passing away at a, a rapid rate, and so we moved into this apartment with my dad and brother, and just immediately started having weird things happening. Uh, you know, our my closet door would open and close by itself in the middle of the night by itself, and Whoa. I. Yeah, and it, it escalated over time to, like, you know, you started getting weird chills and you start hearing things. You're sitting in the front room. You kind of look over your shoulder down the hallway like someone's just right there that wants to, like, attack you. And it was very negative And, you know, eventually it led up to when I was 10 years old. So we lived there for four or five years, something like that. But uh, I was 10 years old, and I actually got pulled out of my bed by my ankles and uh wow. i was screaming so obviously as a kid i mean that was just so traumatic but my dad came in and he was like all right we got to do something about this and reached out to the landlord and found out that there was there was a suicide in the apartment as well as a uh, her mother had actually passed away in that apartment as well so there's two confirmed deaths in the building in the room so uh i, I started to kind of question like a lot of my spirituality because of that. And at the time I grew up here in Utah, you know, LDS and Mormon and stuff. And so 
I, there was nothing really out there at the time. Like Ghost Hunters wasn't around. Uh, a lot of teams were around, but they just didn't have the, the outreach that they do now. And I just slowly started doing research until I started seeing people around me that were talking about it. And I decided to um, buy my first, you know, K2 and, and the EVP recorder. That's all I ran with for, for a long time. And went to my local cemetery and would get some absolutely just crazy responses um, about things I was curious about and uh, joined a team at 16 years old. And I just been going since, you know, um, it's been it's been a journey, but I'm I'm really glad that I do it because it's it's a passion of ours, and we really uh, want to tr- truly figure out like what's going to happen after we die. So yeah, I mean it's amazing you have those experiences at such a young age. I lived in a haunted house as well, and uh, yeah, those experiences really stick with you, and uh, I feel like you know they definitely change you as a person too, depending you know on how you're able to cope with it or not. Um, I definitely think I have PTSD from my haunted house experience. So I think it's always great when people are able to like, you know, move forward and want to learn more with it. For sure. Yeah. At times it was very like uncomfortable because I didn't know like what I was really getting into. Like you would see people going around taunting and they were getting evidence. You're like, Oh, that's a cool thing to do. Go do it. You know? And, and then you get those, repercussions that come from doing that and uh, Mm -hmm. you kind of learn the hard way you know so I didn't have too much around me at the time to kind of mentor me if that makes sense but uh, but I've had to learn a lot (laughs) by just making mistakes and going with trying different things absolutely and I think that's just kind of the paranormal as a whole is making mistakes working on it and trying to figure out where to go next Um, and with each of you having your individual interests and experiences, how did you both come together to form afterlife explorations and ultimately make these videos? So we, so I used to run um, ghost tours out of um, what's called the Sarah factory. It's currently a haunted house. Um, it used to, uh, originally it was an old cement factory. Um, so I was running ghost tours out of there and then um Zach and his team, for some reason, at the time, decided to come help me run them, and that's just kind of how we met. And then we started to film a documentary together of the Fear Factory, and that's kind of where we met, and we just really meshed well together. We worked well together as a team, and after that, we decided to make our own team. I mean, that's great. You guys were able to work together like that and mesh well. I think that's, I I say it a lot on my show, but I think it's so important when you find someone within the field that you really have that connection with and you can trust because, you know, when you're going into these dark abandoned places, you need to really be able to trust someone um, when they get something or, you know, know that they have your back when you don't know what's in there, wild animals or anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, just to add on to what Brett was saying, um, I I originally kind of found out about Brett from, he, he's been on a bunch of television shows prior, um, like My Ghost Story and Ghost Adventures and, and all that stuff, prior to me kind of like meeting him, per se, but I was on a team with one of our friends, and 
he kind of set us up with that fear factory thing. And uh, after all that, he, he was kind of the talk of the town over here. You know, he was, he's a great person, investigator, and everybody just wanted to work with him. And yeah, I ran into him and we just meshed, like he said, and ended up being able to kind of make our own team and, and start making the content, you know, out there that we want to see or like be able to help people and do residential cases and, and things like that so absolutely and as you were saying you want to do residential and stuff um what is your process when going about doing residential um i know you had your own experiences but um mm-hmm. do you guys you know try and find history of the house um what's your process when dealing with home planning um so originally so i have like a pre-questionnaire form that i bring to a residence i'll do like a pre-interview with them first kind of find mm-hmm. out you know maybe a little bit of their back history how you know a little bit how they grew up um and then kind of get into um what they've been experiencing and um that's basically our platform and way of doing it is just talking to them over the phone, scheduling the interview, and just going over that questionnaire with them. And then from there, we decide as a team if it's a if we think it's a legitimate case to actually come out and investigate. Basically, yeah, and we like to. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a tiered process, like Brad was saying, where we kind of initially want just more info and kind of the admin type of thing where, hey, we need help and this is why and this is what's been going on. And then we move more into a process where of like, okay, if we, you know, we're going to select that and we're going to go out and and, uh, and meet with them in person and then ask them questions again, you know, kind of see where the consistencies in the stories are and, and what kind of doesn't match up. And uh, we'll move into a preliminary investigation where we like to just kind of fill out the place, you know, do just baseline readings and stuff like that to see if we can uh, find natural explanations like electromagnetic interference with, you know, faulty wiring, things like that, or, you know what I mean, trying to go in with a very neutral, non-biased, skeptical kind of look at it and try to just get the evidence Mm we can from that. And then we'll move forward into, like, obviously the next stage, which is history, and try to see if we can find any local um things on the land or with the uh with the house itself and 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 kind of just go from there and and at each step we obviously learn things and adjust but we like to try to be as well-rounded as possible and and end up helping them figure out if it's something actually going on in their house or if it's like an air condition that's making a noise or or they're having too much emf like i stated earlier so just trying to help them so they can be a peace of mind Absolutely. And where can people contact you if they're having home haunting issues currently? Um, so you can find us on our social medias. You can email us. Um, I have my phone number there listed as well. And feel free to text me, call me, email us is the best way. And then we can uh, we can send all the forms and documentation to you um, and go from there. Well, I think it's great that you guys help people. Um, and besides your work with helping people who are dealing with home haunting issues, you guys go to some really cool non-residential locations. Uh, what is your process for actually finding these locations for making videos at and stuff? Usually it's through just uh, 
other paranormal teams, other paranormal friends in the field that we've worked with in the past, um, stuff we've seen just on TV, on episodes. Um, just research and history, too. Like, when we're doing local history, we tend to find some other places that might be overlooked by some people. And then we just – I like to shoot that company or that – place an email or call them and just inquire, you know, be uh, – be, just ask them about – if they have anything going on and if they would like, if they don't mind us coming in and kind of looking at it. And we found a lot of, a lot of local places that way by just kind of doing history research on our own. And um, like Brett said, we have plenty of people we know around the country that will, you know, they'll be like, Hey, we just had an investigation of this place and this is really cool. And um, yeah, we want to check out some of these bigger locations and, and for ourselves, you know what I mean? Cause everybody else gets some cool stuff. We'd like to mix it up once in a while. Absolutely. And for each of you individually, what's your favorite video you've made so far? Ooh, got to think on that one for a minute. Um, ooh. <laughs> we, we, we have a kind of a bias. I love all of our videos, but uh, <laughs> I think that, oh, there's actually one that we actually haven't been able to come out with. We actually went into it not trying to film for an episode on YouTube. We just kind of went mm-hmm. into it just doing it for fun. But I would have to say the Mackie Mansion in Virginia City. Yeah. Probably my favorite one. And unfortunately, we didn't make it as an episode. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had a, I would say a lot of places in Virginia City are amazing. And uh, I love those. And there's a local place here in Utah called Asylum 49. It's the Tula Hospital. Um, we're in the process of getting stuff, you know, filmed there. And uh, our previous episode that we filmed was well, just incredible. And the Hotel Vernal that we filmed uh, in Vernal, Utah, is also another one that's is a tier. You know, it, it's so good. It's creepy. It's just got a well-rounded haunting that. You know, any investigator would just die to go uh, investigate there. Okay, you guys did a two-part there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we also do – we have a, we mix it up. We like to do live stream stuff, so we're a little different. Um, like Brad was kind of saying, we haven't released a ton on YouTube, so we were just – we like to do live streaming. It's a little more raw, more – you can't really mm-hmm. edit a lot of it, you know, yeah. so – People can see us do what we do, and and that's that's pretty much it. You know, they can form their opinion and see everything raw, uncut, live right there. Um, but there is a we do like to create documentaries, like Brett was saying earlier, and and put that kind of style on YouTube. So that's what we're going to try to really move forward to, and and uh, continue on, and just have fun with it. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's incredible, you know, like you said, you do live streams, um, then you get to also have audience interact with you and let you know if they Mm -hmm. saw something that you might have missed. Um, Because it is hard to capture everything when, you know, you're not an owl, you don't have like this entire (laughs) range of eyesight. I would. So it's great great to be able to have that recorded and, you know, have people be able to help you real time. Yeah. And another reason why I actually like live streaming a little better than making these videos on YouTube is because 
people that are people for like maybe people that are looking to get into the field, you know, all they have as an example are the TV shows and what's on YouTube. So I like to Mm -hmm. give them the raw uncut version of it all so they can see it's not as exciting and ooh, ah, ah, every like 10 seconds. So I like, I just like the audience to be able to see how it's really like and how most of the time you're just sitting in the dark talking to yourself, basically. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's definitely what it's like. I mean, it's hours of, you know, sifting through evidence or researching a location and, you know, trying to figure out what's there. It's definitely not as quick uh, as it is on TV and it takes days. Uh, I think that's what mm-hmm. makes TV so exciting, though. You're able to see it real time when realistically you are just sitting there in the dark talking to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like talking to my little cousin. Every time I try and talk to her, she just laughs and doesn't say anything. I'm like, cool. That's, I tell her all the time. I'm like, you know, I have more like real conversations with ghosts. Yeah. Those are cool, man. I mean, you can like, I think the, the principle behind like, it's weird. It's almost like a form of time travel in a way. Like, uh, you can talk to the past, you know, and, uh, people or figures in the past that you can reach out to and, and, and speak to. And it, it's something that's just, it's so interesting to me and mind blowing. It, it's so cool. It's like I said earlier, it's like a time, it's like you're time traveling a little bit. Absolutely. And especially when you have, you know, like residual ghosts too. I mean, that really mm-hmm. is just a piece of time. Right. I, I just love to see like a, the shadow figures and just cool things you can capture on camera and just the whole physics and science behind everything and how it's possible or how it isn't possible. It's just, it's, it's such a cool thing to just tease your brain with and, and think what if, you know? Absolutely. And it's so cool to, uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, research takes forever. So sometimes when mm-hmm. you do an investigation and are able to connect what you picked up with, history later on i mean it almost makes it more real um so you don't have that confirmation bias or anything and it's cool to be able to piece together stories like that yeah because i find myself doing a lot more research after investigating a location because i'll have a bunch of unanswered questions and i'll be like oh crap i better go back and see if something else happened here or why i got this certain name or you know Absolutely. And I know we have to take a commercial break really quick, but we'll be right back with more questions. Sounds good. The Ghost Host Show is Sophia Teprelli on LiveParanormal.com. And our guest today, uh, we welcome Afterlife Explorations lead investigators Zachary Stone and Brett Madsen. Everyone visit Facebook, uh, Afterlife Explorations, Zachary Stone, Brett Madsen, Twitter at Zachary at Stone Zachary at Brett Madsen, Instagram at Zachary Stone Official, at Paranormal Brett, and YouTube search. Check out these videos. They're, they're incredible. Afterlife exploration and great captures, and they single them out, too, and you can review as well. The Ghost Host Show with Sophia Temporelli on LightParanormal.com. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Dustin Perry, the Paranormal Rockstar, and you're listening to The Ghost Host with the most... Sophia Temporelli, only on LiveParanormal.com.
you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. Hey, this is Rick Hayes, the psychic medium, life consultant, author, and lecturer, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Believe. This is psychic medium, Erica Boucherhaney, and you're listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. Stay parafabulous. Zach Bagans from Ghost Adventures, and you are listening to the ghost host, Sophia Temporilli, on LiveParanormal.com. Not only am I Dave Schrader, but I'm Dave Schrader of Travel Channel's The Holzer Files, and you're listening to ghost host <laughs> Sophia Temporelli on LiveParanormal.com. I feel left out. I wanted to throw myself it's into your mix of, of voiceovers now. <laughs> I love it. You know, uh, it's almost like we didn't leave break. No, poor Dave left out of the sound bites. Uh, yeah, we have Paul in the chat room. Feel free to jump into the chat room, too, as well. Any questions for our guests, make sure they're all uh, caps as we uh, chat away in the chat room. And uh, Brett and Zachary and Sophia, you're back on. Hey, right. thank you guys so much for coming on today. Of yeah, course. thank you for having us on here. We've wanted to for a while. so It's a privilege and an honor. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Sorry if I said we would have had, like, super bad allergies for two days. So you are good. That's fun. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like I said, you guys go to some crazy cool locations, whether it's residential or non-residential. Um, I know you guys have probably gotten some really creepy or interesting responses. What has oh. been your most memorable or favorite piece of evidence that each of you has caught through the years? Um, I would say... I would have to say that going back to the Mackey Mansion for uh, the public loca- for the public location, um, while we were there, I mean, it was the it was just the craziest experience. Um, we were just in the main dining area on the lower level, asking questions, and then all of a sudden, audibly, we didn't even have. It wasn't even an EVP. It was just audible. We could hear little kids giggling, running. I mean, running upstairs. Uh, it was mm-hmm. just so obvious. It didn't spook us out or anything. It was more of excitement and laughter. It, it just blew us away. We were mind blown. And then right after that, we walked towards the the staircase. And as Zach had a what it. That was an SLS camera. Yeah, I had an SLS camera, and we were facing it up the stairs, kind of just asking questions for the the children that were uh, that had passed away there. And uh, as I'm sitting there, there was a figure, obviously that showed up at the top of the stairs. There, it was very short, 
And uh, at first I thought, I was, oh, it's picking up one of the railings, you know. It has some faulty uh, positives on there, but it started to wave and move and do some different things, and I would ask it to do uh, a certain movement, and it would it would do it. And it ended up uh, actually jumping on the railing and kind of sliding down like a kid would, you know, down the side of the railing. Yeah, and as it did it, it was almost like um, – an intense blast of just like energy, emotion, everything just came right through my body. And I, I reacted very like, uh, holy crap, what, you know, what was going on there? And right after I said something, we heard a little female girl right in front of us say hello. And it was a disembodied voice. The entire, the entire place was just mind blown by that. And it was, it's an incredible experience to know that like we had that, uh, got on SLS, we have we have the audio evidence for it, we have that personal experiences for it. So that 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 is a a wonderful place that we hope to get back to very soon. Um I want to add on to that I think my favorite place um uh, was Waverly Hills Sanatorium in uh Louisville, Kentucky. I went mm-hmm. there and uh I had a small group and they kinda of broke off, wanted to do their own thing. And so I was stuck by myself and I was like okay and the owner tina came over and, and told me like there's a challenge that they do uh, and uh, you have to go from the fifth floor all by yourself with no light and go all the way down the hallways and, and until you end up in the body chute and i mean this is a hundred and something thousand square foot building so it, it takes a long time and the history on it's yeah. just incredible you know so i'm as i'm sure you know <laughs> so i i went there and i and i was just so blown away by the, the the feelings I had going room floor to floor and there's different areas where I felt fear. And then there was other areas I felt sadness. And then there's other areas where I was like, I'm comfortable, you know, I felt like home, you know? And, uh, I went down to the electroshock therapy room and I turned all my stuff on prior to walking down the hallway. So I have my camera and my lights on and, uh, I walk into the electroshock therapy room and I hear this noise and feeling and and all my electronics completely just like surged and, and shut off. And it was almost like wow. they had just flipped the switch on, you know, an electroshock therapy patient right when I went into that room and it just completely shut everything off. Uh, that was, that was so amazing for me, but that has to be, those two, I think are definitely, I'm sure Bella will agree are, are, oh, yeah. are most uh, amazing like experiences that we've had uh, in a public location. No, I mean, those are really cool experiences to have happen. Um, It's so interesting, you know, just how unique experiences are location to location. And, you know, Mm -hmm. how one person can experience something and then another person goes and they don't have that happen. I mean, when you go investigating, you really do never know what's going to happen. So it's cool just to, like you said, revisit a location or, you know, just be able to share your experiences and, you know, hear someone listen to the show and had something similar happen. Exactly. Yep. So in regards to your YouTube channel, um, like I said, you went to some really awesome locations. Um, For people who want to start watching your videos but obviously are listening to the show right now, can you tell the audience what they can expect from watching your YouTube and just list off some of the locations you've been to? Sure. Um, so first off, we are like raw. We like to edit as least as possible. And I know sometimes that can mean that it's not as entertaining all the time like television is. But I want our subscribers and our and our fans to know that we 
are authentic and we don't need to fake or replicate anything. We go into a location mostly blind. We don't really research prior to going in. And whatever we capture is what we capture. We just want to share that with people and uh, and be authentic as possible and have fun doing it, you know, and and trying new experience, uh, new experiments. Yeah, we do a lot of experiments that a lot of other people don't really um, throw in there. We kind of think about lasers and mirrors and, and fog and magnets and just, you know, I mean, just trying different scientific things that can uh, hopefully, you know, find a new method that works better to communicate with the spirits, you know. So if you're going to join us on that journey, that's what you're going to expect. And I'm excited to see who who comes along for the, the journey with us and, and what the future holds, you know. Absolutely. I mean, it's so cool that you're able to share that with the audience, you know, just something really raw. So people who are interested in field get to see, you know, it does take a long time sometimes to get responses or you could go to a place that's said to be really active and you don't get anything one night, but you go back two months later and there's tons of activity. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's really just hit or miss on a lot of investigations. You're exactly right. And it's super cool to to go back and to these locations after some people have come in and um, some locations will allow you to do rituals or seances and different things. And obviously everyone has their own attachments and uh, energy. And it's, it's awesome to kind of uh, see those, how they, those imprints of those um, fingerprints are left at different places over a period of time. Absolutely. And with the experiments you do, what have you found so far to be the best to generate responses? Um, our fog and laser method, a lot of people do it, but we kind of twist it in sort of a different way. So what we do is we'll have the laser at the end of one one hallway, and it will be pointing at us. And then mm-hmm. we and then we turn on the fog machine, and I don't know what it is when you have that fog and the laser is pointing right at you. You can literally see any sort of m- movement. I don't know. We just caught some amazing stuff with that experiment. Stuff yeah. like shadow figures, etc. Yeah, and we like to, and we're we're kind of incorporating a new aspect of that um, with mirrors. Um, so, you know, because the traditional laser grid is going to have just as many amount of dots and it's going to go a certain amount of distance and that's it. But we uh, we are trying to extend that range where we set up maybe down a long hallway into a room. We can shoot a laser down the hallway, bounced off a mirror, and continue that laser grid around, like down a hallway, down another hallway, into a room, and set up cameras at, at each point and be able to monitor an entire floor of a building and see if anything will move. and. Just things like that. We're just trying to kind of innovate and find, because uh, like you said earlier in the, in the show, that you, you can't be everywhere. And as cool as you know, being an owl moving your head around like that would be, it's like, uh, yeah, you just you got to set up different things in different places and kind of let the building speak to you when it wants to. And uh, so that's that helps us. We've we've noticed that you've got a lot of cool evidence. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really cool to see people experiment in the paranormal. I wish I could say I'm better with technology. I'm not. 
I know I'm Gen Z. I can barely work a computer. Like, just truthfully, just some things go over my head. I was lucky to install fans in a computer. Like, big (laughs) progress for me. So to see other people do experiments, um, I think it's really cool just to see the different techniques and people building new equipment. Um, Mm. It amazes me. It's like someone building a rocket. So um, I just think it's really cool to see that innovation in the field. Oh, oh, 100%. Yeah, and it, it, that's what keeps us going, too, is just seeing people love it and continue to innovate and, and share that same passion. Yeah, and thank you, Zachary, too, for um, commenting on my equipment post. Uh, people who yeah. don't know, I've been in the field for 16 years, I think, at this point. And, uh, yeah, a lot of my equipment's gotten old. And like I said, I'm not a tech person. <laughs> Wish I could say that I know more about it. I just it's like math, my brain starts to shut down when I start reading certain words. Like, and I just can't function with that. So, like I said, it's really cool that you guys use that. And, um, you know, thank you again for the suggestions. Oh, absolutely. And um, on investigations, too, um, when there's experiments like that, I know for some people it's kind of hard to, you know, with all the gear, like I said, it's it's a lot. What would you recommend for someone who wants to try an experiment, but maybe doesn't have all the equipment to use? Um, So uh, if it's just, is it primarily just in a public location that everybody else investigates or? Yeah, just like for anyone listening who wants to start out, you know, maybe wants to branch into the experiment portion. Oh, for sure. Um, So I I would obviously recommend to start out slow and start out with the the basics which is your uh a digital recorder of some kind uh, i know there's a lot of different methods to do it and i haven't really seen a one method is the way to go you know so some people use their cell phone voice recorder apps and they get good stuff and some people use five thousand dollar microphones from zoom and other things and they get good results it just uh, depends mm-hmm. on what you're available to do and and uh not break the bank, you know, in the budget, but just buy, buy some good equipment, like a digital recorder and a K2 and um, start there. Start with trying to ask the questions and get, get your mindset into that kind of uh, field where you can start to, uh, it's, it's hard to say, but like, I don't think we have to rely too much on the equipment versus like actually mm-hmm. relying on our intuition, our feelings and how like we're our bodies are the best tool and uh start there start slow and uh, as you go you can kind of incorporate different equipment and honestly you could really find a lot of stuff to experiment with with just stuff you already have at home like you know say you're investigating you know somewhere where there's reports of a child dying or something you know bring a teddy bear bring you know, bring some toys. Bring, you know, adapt to the adapt to the history of each location that you go to. Research it and find out. You know what's happened there, and really, just going off of that, you can find stuff at home that are trigger objects that will help a lot. Absolutely, I think that's really great advice for anyone starting out. Um, because you know, when people see experiments on TV, you know, they want to jump into it, but sometimes it's, you know, equipment's expensive and it's not always mm-hmm. easy to start out. So I think it's really great just, you know, to have people on the show and have them share 
their advice for anyone listening. Um, what also advice would you give to someone starting out um, in regards to hidden dangers within the field? Oh, for, for sure. Um, like I said, you're going to uh, locations sometimes that are at dark and uh, that are decrepit or condemned even. Uh, and so just be careful that the physical hazards around this, you can get hurt. Um, and uh, there could be, you know, people that show up that are trespassing and, and things like that. So uh, make sure you have protection if you need that. And, uh, and also don't, don't taunt and stuff. Like it's spirits are spirits, you know, most of them are people. And all we're alive. We're all going to be spirits one day. And it's, it's a matter of respect. You know, you're going to go into someone's house. And they might not realize mm-hmm. that they died, you know, so it's, always nice to go and be respectful first and figure out like uh like what's going on and and don't taunt things because you you don't know what you're you're messing with and until you do taunting and doing all this other challenging stuff is just going to result in physical and psychological damage and believe me you don't want to find out what happens when you do taunt yeah stuff like that (laughs) i mean i've had stuff follow me home and it is not fun and it does damage Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've learned in the paranormal that uh, there's certain things I just don't want to learn about. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's the thing. You, you, when you go into investigations, you always want to know your limits and know what you're willing to, you know, push the boundaries of. You know, exactly. And it's also, too, and when there's people with you, you have to think of that aspect as well, is your taunting could might not affect you, but it might affect somebody that's next to you, you know, or their lives and their family. So, because um, certain things don't play fair, you know. Um, if we're going to go into, you know, more of the maleficent energies and dare say, you know, demonic stuff, which is super, super rare, and I just want people to realize that, like, you're not going to go everywhere and see a demon. It's just, it's not going to happen. And, uh, and I just don't want people to be manipulated with the fact that everything is demonic, because a lot of it isn't. It's just uh, misunderstood. misunderstood yeah, misunderstood people, and uh, just don't let your guard down. You know, always be cautious with what you do in the paranormal. For sure, <clears throat> I think that's definitely just one of the most important points. Is you know, going in there cautious and also being respectful, um, because you don't know what you're dealing with at the end of the day. Uh, and so you don't want to end the day and bring something home with you because I, I think a lot of people, you know, I've seen through the years um, want a haunted house or want to live in one. And, you mm-hmm. know, not all ghosts are bad, but it's definitely not necessarily an, an experience that I would recommend to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really have either. to be careful what you ask for and, you know, just really go in there cautiously. No, totally. Um, and you were mentioning something about like, uh, there are some places that do invite that they do want more spirits to come and they don't want you to go and help them, you know, and um, there's mixed reviews and mixed feelings and stuff about that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I guess we, might, we can do that another show, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, yeah. people, people will bring stuff in just because they want stuff to stay there and, and make a profit off of it. And, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll say it, I'm not for that. Um, I, I like to help people and spirits and if they want to move on, they choose it. That's what they choose. So, yeah, I mean, to each their own. If someone wants to live with a ghost and they're cool with it, that's good for you, mm-hmm. you know? But it's not yeah. really something I, I would that, yeah. ever want to do again. So 
uh, you know, like you guys were saying, just know what you really want and, you know, yep. just be cautious. Um, and with that, I mean, you guys went to a place called the Witch's Cabin. If you want to tell the audience about your investigation there. Oh, yeah. So we went to a place in Memory Grove. It's in the avenues of Salt Lake City. And um, originally it was a like a grist mill and it burned down and stuff like that. And uh, the ruins were reportedly that there was a local uh, witch or someone who was an outcast at the time in Salt Lake moved into the area and people wouldn't avoid that area because they'd go up and they would never come back. Uh, homeless people will go mm-hmm. up there and it still happens to this day where they go there and they just never, never return. Kidnappings, murders. Wow. It's just a really, yeah, it's a really bad spot. You know, it's kind of a weird bad juju area and, um, we decided to go up there and we've been there many times before our actual video and, and had some interesting things. And when we went up and filmed our episode and we got obviously more, um, because we were asking more direct questions and we researched more into the fire and the history and all those kidnappings. And we had a lot of stuff moving around on its own and our paranormal music box, you know, that stuff was going off and we always tried to debunk after something happens to make sure that our equipment's not being faulty. And it, it kept going off repeatedly in different spots wherever we move it. Um, and so it, it was one of those places that was, it was eye-opening and uh, it was cool. Do you have any of that? Nope, I'm good. That says it all, really. Well, luckily you both came back. Um, so, yeah. I mean, you guys can go film more videos and go to more awesome locations. Um, and for each of you, if you could investigate anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Well, for me, even after 15 years, I still never investigated a prison yet. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is I haven't been to a mental hospital. So those are the two. I don't care where it is, what location, but I do want to investigate those types of those two types of locations yeah that'd be fun um for me i've been to a couple different places but i think it's kind of a different mindset than other people would be i I would love to go to like the warren's occult museum and i would love Mm -hmm. to spend a night there and investigate that um just because brett and i have our own uh, haunted like collection of stuff that we we uh collect objects and things and try to learn off those. And um, obviously, Ed and Larry Warren are just big inspirations in the field. And all their years of collecting and, and knowledge, I'd love to go there and try to, like, see if I could relate some things that I know about objects and see if those objects do the same thing. Absolutely. Um, I mean, those are super cool locations. Um, prisons, obviously, you know, so much history. It's I'm jealous of my parents. We got to spend the night on Alcatraz, and they went to, like, one of the best prisons, (laughs) and I'm super jealous of that, so I can see your desire to want to go to one. Oh, man, I would, I would do, (laughs) I would sell everything to go there. It's it's so expensive nowadays. Yeah, I was, I mean, I was little, but the Boy Scouts spend the night there, so I still feel like (laughs) that's a valid argument. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. No, that's great. Yeah, I love it. Sorry. Yeah. How will I ever know if Mob of the Dead is the same as the actual building? I won't because I've never <laughs> been there. No, I know, right? 
Um, so we're coming towards the end of the show, though. So please tell the audience if there's any upcoming videos, investigations, um, appearances at events or interviews or anything that you would like to mention. Okay, awesome. Um, so first off, we um, we work with a lot of other local teams, and we do some events. And next week, we're going to a the Salt Lake City Courthouse downtown Salt Lake, which is never been done before and that is going to be a awesome investigation with our uh, friends from spirits are us and uh also we have some stuff lined up for brett's checklist to go to a prison we're going to go to the nevada state prison in uh, carson city probably in september with some friends and do a documentary there and um hit virginia city if we can yeah i'm excited i'm excited for that Uh, i know brett is oh yeah very excited Another check an open checklist. Yeah, and uh, you know, just from here, we're just gonna try to do our live streams wherever we can, wherever it takes us, and uh, and just go from there. And where can people find your live streams? Um, so that we we primarily do our stuff on TikTok. Our mm-hmm. live streams are afterlife explorations on TikTok, and uh, you can also follow mine, Zachary Stone official on TikTok as well. We do uh, multiple stuff there. And, uh, yeah, Instagram, we're going to do more Instagram lives as well. We've seen a lot of more uh, engagement with that recently, so we're going to try that out as well. Well, I want to thank you both so much for coming on today. It's been great getting to speak with you both, and we'll definitely have to have you both back on in the future. Oh, we'd love to. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. No problem, and congrats again for your 12 years. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. Oh, thanks so much. Well, fantastic. I'll send them a link to the archive show, too, as well. But fantastic show today, Sophia. Absolutely. Brett and Zachary were such great guests. I want to thank you all for listening. This show definitely not be possible without all of you. And then we'll talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Yeah, and also uh, Paul in the chat room and engaging with him, too, the whole time. It sounds like he's investigated with him and everything. But, yeah, Afterlife Explorations, lead investigators, Zachary Stone and Brett Mads, and everyone visit Facebook Afterlife Explorations, give it a like. Also, Zachary Stone, Brett Madsen on uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter at Stone Zachary, at Brett Madsen, Instagram at Zachary Stone Official, at Paranormal Brett on Instagram, YouTube search. Check out these videos, Afterlife Explorations, and a lot of great things ahead, as he said, through uh, uh, September. Upcoming, we have My Haunted HQ investigators Daryl Marston and Jeff and Trey Bader. That's next weekend, the 10th. I think I said the 17th earlier, because Ghost Seekers Texas lead investigator Alex Fountain will be on the 17th. That's two weeks from today. Boozy Brothers paranormal investigators Pablo Pandora, Adam, and Diego will be on the 24th. Televised hauntings historian and author Sam Baltrusis returns to the program on March 9th. Women on the Fringe authors Denise Agnew, Mary D. Jones, Nicole Strickland. That will be March 23rd. Sophia will be featured in that book. So big celebration on that show ahead. You don't want to miss any of these upcoming shows, so like the ghost host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com Facebook fan page to learn of the guests real time, and we'll see you next week. Hi, this is Debbie for Ezeon Ghost Adventures. You're listening to The Ghost Host with your host, Sophia Temporelli, on LiveParanormal.com. God bless you all.
you for joining us on History FM Radio on LiveParanormal.com and History.fm. From paranormal to the unexplained history, it all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in live interactive chat 24-7 with our radio show hosts and other like-minded people on www.liveparanormal.com. The only interactive social chat room supported by full interactive media. Stop by now and join in on the fun. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com.